Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. Amen. I hope you have your Bible or you're looking at it on your device or there's no excuse. We're going to put it up on the, the projection as well. So uh, pay attention to the Bible. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a govern, governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed Lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Praise God for his word. And praise God for the wonderful story of Christmas. You can read it in all the Gospels. You can read it in the Old Testament. I've been reading many of the Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus there in Isaiah and other places in the Old Testament, you're going to find this wonderful uh, story of Jesus coming into the world all throughout Scripture and thank God for the promise of, of his word. Now, worship, when you, when you study the Christmas story, worship is the central theme. It is the central theme of the entire Christmas story. Whenever people in the Gospels heard about Jesus or came into contact with him in his presence, the response was to worship him. That was the response, to worship the Lord. When Zechariah, the priest, heard about it, he worshiped the Lord. When Elizabeth heard about it, she worshiped the Lord. When she heard the words of Mary, she glorified God. Mary, when she received the visitor, the visitor, the angel that came to tell her what was getting ready to happen to her, that she was going to be a, a virgin that was going to conceive this baby by the Holy Ghost. Mary gives uh, 
this glorious uh, word of worship and proclamation uh, concerning uh, the announcement of the angel. And even John, uh, John the Baptist in his mother's womb, when he hears the salutation of Mary, he jumps and leaps in his mother's womb. He is responding even with worship before he's even born. The shepherds, they all worship in the fields at night. The angels are all worshiping as they light up the night sky. Everywhere you look in uh, the Christmas story, there is this, this uh, compelling desire to worship Jesus because he is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. Even Herod, even though he was a wicked king, he didn't carry, carry it out. But he said, well, he knew that Jesus, the Messiah, deserved to be worshipped. He said, when you find him, come back to me and tell me so that I can come and worship to him too. Now, he wasn't going to follow through with that, but even, even Herod recognized that Jesus, the Messiah, was worthy of worship. Amen. You remember when they take Jesus after uh, eight days, they take him to the temple according to the custom of the law. And there was a man there by the name of Simeon who had been waiting to die. And he had been waiting and longing for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the day when the, when the Messiah was going to come. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he saw the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law... Then, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Even this old priest who had been waiting for the Messiah, he says, now I can go on to heaven because I have been waiting and the Holy Ghost has let me know that I am going to see the Messiah. And his response was to glorify Jesus. And to worship the Lord. And there was also a woman there by the name of Anna in the house of God who was 84 years old. And she did the same thing. Her response, it says uh, uh, that uh, she was of great age, had lived with, with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. The natural response to Jesus and to Christmas is to worship him. Amen. I'm, I feel sorry for people who don't know the Lord, who fill up the Christmas season with a lot of things that have very little to do with the Lord. I'm so thankful that as a Christian, that all of the days of my life that I remember, the Christmas season has had such an important part of, of my life and worshiping the Lord and glorifying Jesus is what we need to be about. Amen. So Christmas ought to be about worship. Amen. It ought to be about worship. This text in Matthew chapter 2 gives the account of uh, the wise men or the magi who came from the east 
and they came a long, long distance. They were of a priestly tribe uh, who came to find Jesus. They were a studier of astrology and astronomy. They uh, searched the heavens for uh, the star. They were interpreters of dreams and they, they had been trained uh, generations before, probably 500 years before, when Daniel stepped on the scene down there in Babylon and in Persia, Daniel was called the chief of the Magi. No doubt it was Daniel who had such an impact upon these, these wise men that they knew that one day there was gonna be a star in the heavens and it was not going to be ordinary. It was going to be a special star. And when they saw that star, they were to follow it and find the Christ child. Amen. So no doubt they had uh, uh, been influenced by Daniel's teaching all those hundreds of years before. And these were influential people. Now I know that when you think of the wise men, you think of we three kings of Orient are... But that's not biblical at all. Uh, there were not three kings. There were three gifts. But likely there was maybe as many as 50 to 100 of the Magi. Most historians believe that they traveled in large groups. So there, was, there were three gifts, but there were probably many, many. And not only were there many of these Magi, uh, but um, uh, when, you, when you read about uh, how that they would travel... They always would have a great company of Calvary with them. So there could have been as many as, as hundreds, maybe even a thousand soldiers that were traveling with them to protect them and to, to be with them. So when you see the three wise men, that came about because there were three different gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But likely there were dozens and dozens of wise men and maybe even as many as a thousand soldiers that traveled with them. That explains why that Herod was so troubled. And uh, that explains why that uh, the whole city was troubled. You see, when Herod got upset, then the whole city would get upset because they knew what he was capable of. And so uh, they showed up. And I mean, they showed up in big fashion in the city of Jerusalem and um, uh, that's the reason why you see the response uh, that, that you see from, from Herod. Actually Herod some 30 years before had gone to Rome and asked for money to develop an army because the Persians had been coming in to Jerusalem and into the coastal areas there and he wanted them driven out, and the Romans wanted them driven out as well. And so uh, he, 30 years or so before, he gets the money from the Roman government to develop an army to push the Persians out and, uh, and to send them back where they came from. And that's what happened about 30 years before. So you can imagine when this big entourage is coming into the city, what they all must have thought was going on. Is this an invasion? Is this an attack? What is going on? But can I tell you that it was all about worship? It was all about worship. It was all about worshiping the Messiah, the Jesus, uh, uh, the baby that was to come 
that had been foretold. And they knew those magi were willing, willing to, to risk. Let me tell you, let me just give you a few things here from this text that will remind us of how important that worship is and uh, just gleaning it from this, this text here today. Number one, worship involves sacrifice. Worship involves personal sacrifice. Amen? It does. Some of you are here today and you didn't feel like coming, but you're here. You sacrificed to, to, to be here. These wise men had traveled 850 miles to see the Christ child. And so they sacrificed to make that long, long journey of about 850 miles. We recently traveled to Tampa and it was about 850 miles or something like that. It was no easy trip, but we did it all in one long, long day. Let me tell you that this, this journey uh, from Persia to Jerusalem was about 850 miles and it was not a short journey. It probably took weeks, maybe even months for them to travel the way that they traveled. There was sacrifice involved. Now, not too many people sacrificed much to, to drive to church today. Uh, most of us probably it was 10 or 15, 20 minutes, except for Nyla, who drives from Richmond, so maybe 40 minutes from up there. But most everybody had a fairly short journey to church today. Amen. Was it that big of a, of a sacrifice for, uh, for most, uh, most of us, of us? And uh, you got all dressed up and you got, you got to the house of the Lord and it took some effort. Was it worth it? That's not the question. The question is he worth it. And the answer is obvious. Yes, he is worth it. And they were intent on coming to worship the king of the Jews that somehow had been inserted into their understanding for generations from a guy like Daniel who was, a, was the uh, leader of the Magi during his times, hundreds of years before, instilled in their minds and their hearts that one day there's going to be a star and that star was going to be representative of the glory of God in the heavens and it's going to lead you to the Messiah, to, the, to Jesus uh, the the uh, the Messiah, and uh, you're you need to go and you need to worship him because he's worth it. Amen. Worship sometimes requires sacrifice. You don't feel like it. You don't have the the desire. You don't have the strength, the energy. Maybe you can't stand up. You can't lift your hands. Uh, you can't clap your hands. You can't sing. But you can do something to honor the Lord. And I trust you've come to church today because you wanted to worship the Lord and glorify the Lord because he is worthy. Sometimes we offer unto the Lord a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we are struggling. Sometimes we do have a lot of burdens that we're carrying when we walk in to the house of the Lord and it requires sacrifice. Not only did they travel those 850 miles, but they had to know that they were traveling into enemy territory, that they were traveling into Jerusalem. And it was the Jerusalem and the Israelis that had driven them back to Persia 
they no doubt knew that they uh, were going into uh, uh, to an area, and that coastal area that was going to require them a great deal of sacrifice. Worship involves sacrifice. But he's worthy of that. He's worthy of that. And if you don't have the heart or the desire or the even the physical strength to worship the Lord, I want to encourage you today, sacrifice and worship him. He's worthy. He's deserving of your coming to the house of the Lord. Get here as best you can. Worship the Lord as best you can. He is worthy of all of our praises. Amen. And then number two, worshipers can see what others do not see. These wise men, these magi came from the east all those many miles away because of the star, but it, seemed, it seems like that everyone there at Bethlehem and in Jerusalem, that they hadn't taken any notice to the star. No evidence that they have paid any attention to the star at all. You see, because worshipers, worshipers are going to see things that other people are not going to see. They're going to have a desire that others may not have. Even in Jerusalem, Herod, Herod isn't seeing it. Um, others are not seeing um, uh, the, the, the star. and There's no evidence that they see it. Uh, that The star that has led them to the place where Jesus is. But all of Jerusalem is caught up in all their activity and all their business and everything that they're doing. And there's no noticing of who he is. Noticing of the star that's pointing those wise men to Jesus. If you're a true worshiper, you're going to see some things that maybe others won't see. You'll realize and have a revelation of things that others won't see. There'll be answers to the questions that you're faced with. You'll get direction from God. You'll find hope in the presence of God. Victory in the presence of God. When Jesus manifests himself to you, you're going to see things and realize things as a worshiper that others are just not going to experience. Amen. That's why I encourage you today. Be a Christmas worshiper. Worship the Lord. Spend this season of this Christmas season giving glory and honor Unto the Lord, he's worthy of it. And uh, as you worship him, then you can see and understand many of the things that others may not see and realize. They'll look over it. They won't pay any attention to it. They'll even sing the Christmas carols about Jesus. And, uh, and, and it, it won't have any real impact upon their life at all because it's just what we do at Christmas time. But for those of you that are really worshipers, it's going to have an impact upon your life and you're going to see some things that others are just not going to be able to see. Amen. Number three, worshipers will experience the joy of the Lord. Our text says when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They saw the fulfillment of all that they had been taught and all that they had believed about the Messiah. Worshipers are people who will experience the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. You know the best cure for worry and depression and uh, uh, discouragement? 
that you might be facing in your life, get in the presence of God. Get in the presence of the Lord. Be a worshiper. There's no joy, no fulfillment in the world. The real joy comes from being in God's presence. Amen. Being in the house of the Lord. And I know, man, there's a lot of things going on right now. A lot of people sick and a lot of trouble and problems and needs that so many people have. It's been, it's been pretty amazing the last few days and the last few weeks. So many problems, so much sickness. But I tell you, folks, what we desperately need is just to get in the presence of God. Get in the house of the Lord. Get in a place where we can hear from the Lord. And the Bible says when you do, you're going to find joy. And that joy is going to help you to get through all the struggles of your life and the hopelessness of your circumstance. In his presence is fullness of joy. Amen. Just come on to the house of the Lord. You may not feel like it. You may not feel like being a worshiper. But uh, there's just something special about being in the presence of God with the people of God. Amen. I remember a number of years ago, more than about 21 years ago, when my dad passed away, it happened to be on a Wednesday evening that I got the call that he, and we, we knew that he was near death, but I got the call about five o'clock on a Wednesday evening that he had passed away. And even though you expect, expect it, when you get the news, it just, it kind of jars you. It's, it's, a, it's a shaking uh, in your spirit and in your life. And I remember thinking that evening, it was a couple of hours before Wednesday night church time, and I was thinking, well, what do I do? Do I, what, do I need to just stay home, or do I need to go to the church? What, what do I do? And uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, if I sit at home, I'm just going to sit here by myself, and I, I need to go to church where my, my people are. I need to go to church where the people of God are, where the presence of God is. Where people can help me and pray for me and get me through this, this uh, troubling time. A lot of people, they run away from God when they need him the most. When you need the presence of God uh, the most. And I just encourage you, be a worshiper in your bad time, in your dark times, in your sad times, even in your sick times. Be a worshiper giving glory and praise. Unto the Lord. Amen. He is worthy of our praises. And it's something about worshiping the Lord in his presence is the fullness of joy. You may come in dark and depressed and discouraged, uh, you know, under a big load. And you can leave with the joy of the Lord because he's here and his presence is here. Amen. Worshipers experience the joy of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Number four, worshipers. Worshiping involves giving. These wise men, they came into the presence of the Messiah and they bowed down and they worshiped him and they brought him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. All of them were speaking, each of those gifts were significant gifts that spoke to something about Jesus, the Messiah, who he was, the gold that uh, represents the fact that they knew he was a king. The frankincense. They understood who he was. He was uh, like the incense that was offered by the priest. 
So they understood he was a king. They understood that he was a priest unto God. And the myrrh that was, was um, uh, you know, like a, for, for the, the burial of someone that had died, they understood that he was going to die and the significance of his death. And so they brought these gifts that were precious and valuable uh, unto the Messiah. So should you and I come to the house of the Lord and come to the presence of the Lord, bowing down, worshiping the Lord, and bringing gifts, amen, to the Lord. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about bringing yourself to the Lord, offering yourself to the Lord, worshiping the Lord with your whole heart, soul, and body. Those in Corinthians, that Macedonian church was known for their generosity. They gave much, but verse five, it says, this second Corinthians chapter eight and verse five, and this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Amen. What do you have to offer when you come into the presence of the Lord? Come in with a sacrifice of praise. Come in singing and worshiping the Lord and lifting up the name of the Lord. You've got so much to be thankful for. Why not offer that when you come into the presence of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Come bearing gifts. Come offering something. A lot of folks go to church with the idea, well, I hope I can get something out of the service have you ever thought about maybe I should go offering something to the service, giving something unto the Lord and honoring the Lord and honoring the people of God with my praise and with my worship? Praise God. And then one more. Worship will change you. If it's genuinely real, it will change you. And this text says that that they were warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Here's something that's kind of interesting, I think, that the temple was built with steps that led up to the entrance to the temple where they would bring their sacrifices, but they didn't leave by those same steps. There was an entrance to the temple and another exit for them to leave out of. They never went out like they came in. Amen. Worshipers are changed by the experience. Amen. We leave out another way. We go out changed. We, we leave blessed and helped and strengthened and encouraged. You come in with your gifts to offer unto the Lord, but you can't outgive God because when you leave, you're going to leave having received of the Lord, being blessed in the presence of the Lord. And that's our prayer. Lord, everybody that walks into the house of the Lord, that they understand that they're in the presence of God and that they walk out of this place changed by the power of God. Amen. Worship. Oh, it's so important. And it's really important during the Christmas season that everything that you see all the songs that you hear, all that you hear about the Christmas story and, and the blessing of the Messiah coming. Let it all stir your heart to worship the Lord, to lift up the Lord and to glorify his holy name. Christmas is all about worship. Amen. 
Amen. So during this month of December, when you enter into the house of God on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, come in offering a praise unto the Lord. Come in understanding that God can reveal himself to you and can show you things that you did not know, that you needed to know, and you can learn in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's just praise the Lord this morning. I want to encourage you all. Would you stand with me now? And let's just take a moment before this service concludes. And this worship Jesus. Let's glorify Jesus. Lift up your voices. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts toward the Lord today. And give praise and glory unto the Lord. You may be weighed down with a lot of worry and trouble and problems there's a way to overcome that, and that is worshiping Jesus. Worshiping Jesus. Amen. Can we do that this morning? Oh, Lord, we are grateful to you. Lord, we are so thankful for your presence. And we're blessed to come together today in your presence, Lord. Lord, help us throughout this Christmas season to be real worshipers, to get our minds, Lord, off of all the secular things that are going on in our world and get our minds upon the wonderful and most glorious story of Jesus. Lord, and that we would focus upon that. And then the joy of the Lord can come. Then hope and restoration can come. Then victories can come into our life when we point towards you, Lord, and focus our attention upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord.